He was a likeable scouser with a great pedigree. After experiencing one of the most successful periods in Liverpool's recent history, this player went on to have a good career at Sunderland and Coventry. Ever dependable for us, he played nearly 60 times for a very good Wrexham side after joining in 2012 and came agonisingly close to promotion twice. And while he won the FA Trophy, who probably be well remembered for a certain incident involving a certain European Cup winner in North London. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we welcome to the pod, Stephen Wright. How are you? Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. First off, bit of housekeeping. Stephen, Steve, what, what do they call you in the dressing room? Stephen seems a bit formal. Right? No, no, righty. Righty was always the one, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's quite a quite a good, well-known uh, footballer's uh, nickname, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, as I say... Just right the way through my career, I always got righty. If it was if it was Steve, I always knew I was in trouble buying a gaffer or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. So wasn't too bad. Right, looking for your record, I can see one goal. Can you remember your only goal for Wrexham? Yeah, Hereford at home. Yeah. Oh, was that? Ooh, Over and kick. Remember that. Over and kick. We oh, drew, yeah. We drew 1-0, was it? Yeah, I think, I think we drew 1-0 as well. We were 1-0. Right. Might even got, got B2-1. No, I think it was 1-0. Hereford's right. home. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't remember it. Overhead kick? Have you made that up? <laughs> overhead off? kick it was. Just in, just inside the six-yard box. I wouldn't oh, say okay. it was a massive overhead kick, but it was, <laughs> I fell over and just on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. This right. I was talking about who I was interviewing later in the office earlier, and just tell my boss. And then this fella from from the desk behind called Jamo, right? He's a, he's a Palace fan from South London. He goes, "I've got a Stephen Wright story," and I go, "How the bloody hell have you got a Stephen Wright story?" Anyway, right? Tell me if this is true because if it is, it's absolutely brilliant. He says that his mate owned or worked in a chippy in Coventry. And he said the favourite order he had ever had was from Stephen Wright, who used to come in, get chips and curry sauce with extra curry sauce and a pot of curry sauce on the side. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it was, yeah. Bloody hell. You you, you must be 98% curry sauce. It must have been, mate, yeah. I just like curry sauce at the time. Hey, us northern blokes love curry sauce, mate. When you're down south, they don't get it down there, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, there's certain rules, isn't there? You've got to have curry sauce with fish. You can't have it with a pie. It's got yeah, to be gravy with a pie. I, I, I probably did. I, I always remember first time going into into the place, and it was, you know, you, you needed more. So you right. want more, you know what I mean? So when they put it on, you know, you, you order an extra pot just because they don't put as much on. So that that was what it would have been. Oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I, I was going to say, is it was it the curry sauce at that particular place, or is it any curry sauce? Yeah, any curry sauce. I think any curry sauce. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk. Let's briefly talk about you coming through at Liverpool because I, I know you were sort of like just behind the likes of Gerard and maybe a few years behind Owen. Um, Lee Lee Jones, who we had on a couple of, uh, a couple of months ago, said it was a very tough environment for him. He said. He said you could do a lot and get very little praise. Was it the sort of same for you coming through? Or had things sort of moved on by then? No, it was exactly the same. It was a tough school. And, and, and only the, the strong survive. And I, I, I know what Joan was saying there because I remember playing a couple of games when I think it was in Fowler up front. One of my first, first original games that I got to playing. And I think we played there. It was, at, it was away at Bolton. Mm. And I think we won five or six one. Um, they had a really good team out. I played my first. My first initial one was played left back. Sammy right. Lee was the, the manager at the time. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was Robbie Fowler who was injured. So I think Robbie had scored three or, or the other way round, one or the other. Um, and he always, Robbie scored three or Jonah scored three or one of the other. You know what I mean? And the, the other two set each other up. So yeah. that was how it went. Um, I always remember coming back inside and uh, Ronnie Moran was absolutely going berserk after two of them. Right. And, and 
no one else was really bothered. The, the team talk after the game was about them two. And, you know, we had the day off the next day, he said, lads, all the rest of these are off, but you two are in. So that was Fowler and, 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 uh, and Jonah. And, he, and he, he just went on at the two of them saying, you should have got four, you should have got five. So you're in for exercising tomorrow. So that was, I, I get what he's saying with that. Um, but it was a tough school. It was, you know, it was, you know, if, if you played well, Mm. You actually knew that you played well. It was you didn't didn't need anyone tapping you on the, the shoulder. You know what I mean. And listen, I, I I got it when I actually got into the first team. But when you were in and around the resies, you know it was it was a case of listen, that's that's your job, that's that's your role, what you have to do. You know to get into this first team. So yeah, it, it was a tough school. Yeah, yeah. Are you sort of saying it is even tougher in the reserves because they want to. They want to, I don't know, build hunger with you or just sort of... Yeah, that was way before that, man. And Jonas turned that, that had been you know, through the 50s, 60s and things like that, through yeah. coming through that. It was it was the old boot room. Listen, you know, it's you, you don't get, you know, pats on the back unless you do it week in, week out for the whole season. And at the end of yeah. the season, you'll go, well done. That that's the way it was. That that that's that's you know that's how it was at that football club, and you know that the standards are that high, and you got to set yourself the high standards from day one. Soon as you go in, if you don't, you don't do. Yeah, and um, just one one other thing on, on Liverpool. Do they still talk about Jerry Jones much there? Um, yeah, you, you listen. I I do because he's he's a he's a great person, a great man of like Liverpool and and Wrexham. You know what I mean. So I talk about him a hell of a lot because he's a bit of a mentor for me. As I say, going on to further down the line and a couple of questions. Yeah. But yeah, they do, they do. You know, obviously the older generation will know more than 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 they will. I mean, you look at the newer kids that when you come in now, some of them don't even know Robbie Fowler. You oh, know wow. that, that that's that's. That's the that's the, the school that you've got now over there, the youngsters coming through. But that's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Take us through to, to joining. I'm always I'm always sort of interested in like the sort of the the mechanics of a transfer. So, yeah. so I think you were up in, in Hartlepool. What what happens? Do you sort of know someone at Wrexham? Do you put do you tell like your agent, look, I, I want to move back? Are you aware of what's happening at Wrexham and you you you, you contact them first? How, how does it sort of come about? No, well the, the, the way it came about was I was at I was at Hartlepool. Obviously I'd just come back from Brentford. Um never got the, never got a contact at Brentford. Came back to Hartlepool. Ended up signing a six-month contract. Uh, manager goes, so the two two-year contract that was available beforehand doesn't get. You know what I mean? So he goes, yeah. and then I'm left in London then trying to find a club. So round about that time, it was December, January time. So um, I had a call from my agent saying, "Listen, Preston, want to do a bit of a deal? So they want you to come down, see how you are." And at the time, it was Graham Wesley at the time, so he'd right, just yeah. done well with Stevenage. Um, so I heard a lot of stories from it. So went down there a couple of days, and I'm not being funny. The the, the sessions were ridiculous. But the ads, when I went down there, the ads, I think they had 21 players in the treatment room. So was he, just, you, he was burning through them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, you only know what what what's coming now. So yeah. anyway, we we we, tra- we started training. Well, well, wasn't training. We were going to the, the ground. So first. First initial start, we get there, two two uh, 11 v11s. So first of all, set up. Um, next minute, we're, we're doing pitch runs. So we've done 10 pitch runs before like the 90-minute game that we are going to have. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? So played the game. Game went well. Um, I hadn't, I don't think I'd have trained a couple of days beforehand because I, I'd been out of the grid. So after it, another 10 pitch runs. I was like, what the hell's going on? My hamstrings hanging off here. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, yeah, bit of dinner. Went in um, upstairs and Graham himself took the session on the weight session. So I was like, what? what you know what I mean? What, what's going on here? So that was it. Um, after that, back in, we had our dinner. Um, and then he said, next minute, he, he had 12 players on the list. And my name was on the list to go do it in the afternoon session. 
So this was like nine o'clock in the morning we'd started yeah. and we'd finished at like half four. We're doing 1v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s. And I'm thinking, what, what's this bloke? What, what, what's he trying to do? Trying to break me or something like that? Or what? I don't know. So next day, coming in, same, got a good night's rest. Yeah, <laughs> Believe yeah. me. <laughs> so went home. We saw that night. Well, I slept very well that night because I know we were up for the next day and, and we had a game the next day. But this was coming up to the Thursday now. Now we wanted to get this deal done uh, before the Saturday game. Yeah. Um, so I think it was uh, Bailey Wright who's at Sunderland now. So right, he was, yeah. he, I always remember him. Me and him were starting on the Saturday because they had no more players. So they had to get me the deal done straight away. So played in the game. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, a 90 minute game I think it was only 30 30 so <laughs> he eased off a little bit oh, nice so, of him yeah very well I know yeah thank you very much um, and I remember it snowing that day so obviously my agent's going down to get the deal done um, and then he, he stalled a little bit because of the snow he said it could be off so I was like nah not having this I said listen you get the deal done now or I'm off um, and then we trained again in the afternoon, because we well, I didn't know this, but they call the game off. Right, so that was that. So my head's going all over the place. So he had he, he asked me to come in, sat me down in front of him, looked me up and down, and he was at this time I think he was taking psychology lessons or whatever it was, and um, he was like, "What's what's the matter? What's going on with you?" I was like, "I, I don't, I haven't got a clue what you're on about." I said, "He said, you know, why you're here? How how you how have you come about here?" I said, "Well." I see the way football's going. I said, listen, I said, you've just seen me for the last two days. I've worked my socks off. I said, we're out training for the last what, week. I said, we're out of club. I said, I've come down here wanting to do it. And what I'm fighting for the, for, the, for an actual, you know, for, for, the, for the contract. So, yeah, went out. Uh, I was like, yeah, all right. So, spoke to the agent. He said, yeah, we're getting it done. We're in the space of an hour. All that had been quashed. So he said, listen, he said, no, game's off on, on Saturday because of the snow, snowing. Um, so he wanted me to stay over uh, and get all the talks done. Friday, signed Friday. So went down Friday, nothing. So I said, listen, you need to get the deal done now or I'm, I'm off home. So yeah. basically never got it done. So as I'm on my way home, mm. Billy Barr knows, knows um, Neil Miller. So Neil yeah. Miller... Was that was the link to Wrexham? So I had the phone call that night when I got home, um, and I got done within the space of two hours. Yeah, well, yeah, and and no, there you uh, go. yeah, that that's you. You probably say that's how it should be done rather than. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, I, I I seen the way football went for the last part of my life, my my career, and you know, it is a business. You know, I got a lot more how many games you played, you know, this, that, and the other way, years before, and, and, and what happened at Wrexham, basically, Neil said, right, he's trained his last three days, now he's like a man possessed, and, <laughs> and, and basically, Billy Barr said to me, he said, listen, lad, he said, we're not asked about your, your, your fitness or anything like that, we just want you as a, as a, a body and a, an experienced player, would you come and do it? And do you know what? I went, yeah, because I was that, pissed off the, the last couple of days and I went yeah said straight away and I didn't really and I like the money situation it, it was I think it was 100 quid or something like that they, they were um and ah about the club and I went yeah so just get it done it was I, mean, I didn't even need the agent it was mm. it was it was that much of an easy yes just to say I want I just want to play I actually want to play football and someone actually saying listen we want you which I haven't, I never had in the last couple of years in my in my career, where everyone was always asking, you know, how many games you played, and the stats and the data was was phenomenal. You like, okay, but yeah, that that's basically an, an easy decision for me, and that's how yeah. it I mean, you came in, you were you were replacing Curtis O'Beng, who took a while to get going, but was quite a popular player by the yeah. time he left. And he he, I'll be honest, Stephen, he was a very different player to you yeah. because obviously you you were all about experience and you'd been there and done it. And Curtis was like a flying, a flying right back. He wasn't great defensively, but attacking, he could, you know, he, he could oh, break the line. Yeah, so yeah. you weren't really 
that sort of player, did they sort of have to maybe adapt the team to you? And did you adapt no. the way that you played right back? He never, ever said anything about that. Listen, I knew Curtis beforehand, and I knew he was a good young player coming through. Listen, everyone said, listen, you know, it, he was, he was as you just said, as you mentioned, listen, he was great going forward defensively, which, you know, as I said, I was never going to do that in my the age that I came to Wrexham. Listen, my ankles were shot when I came to Wrexham. It was, and... But the thing was that I always said to Mozart and, and Billy, listen, the one thing that you will get from me, I said, I'll give you 110% every time I play for you. I said, I'll run for that big wall because you've actually wanted me. So the, the, the managers that I've always played played under, they've always said exactly the same. Listen, do it for me on the pitch and I'll do it for you off the pitch. And that's always, that's just the way I've, I've been throughout my career. And that's basically what the two of them said. And yeah. that's how it was such an easy decision for me to come and do. No, I mean, we needed experience at that time because we were going head head to head with Fleetwood, who yeah. um, they had a lot more money than us. They were able to buy some of our better players and then settle us. Just it was just economics. Um, when I sort of talked to you a couple of days ago, I said what I was. I said one of the things we'll ask you is what went wrong that season, and I think. I can't really think that anything did go wrong that season, really, did it? That was a team playing to to their top potential. They had 98 points. Is there anything you think that could have gone a little bit differently that could have got Wrexham above Fleetwood that season? Um, maybe the game that we actually played, because I came in for the last 11 games and we mm-hmm. played, we had Fleetwood. And I think we drew one all, was it? The away leg? Yeah. I think Joe yeah. Clark got sent off. And that was the only game that I never played in. I had a I had a dead leg a couple of days before, and never uh, and obviously we never said that I wasn't fit because they all thought that I was. Because Mangan was saying, "Oh, I'm going to play up against you." I said, "Listen, you're going in the stand," and that's what <laughs> man, you know the scouts sort of yeah. I said, "Listen," but they didn't know that I was not playing until like the the, the team sheet went in. So yeah, there was I was a little bit gutted with that one because it, it was one that I'd I'd love to have played in, but. I always remember that we never played to our full potential. I thought if thought psychologically, if we'd have won that game, maybe, maybe. But then, you know, you you had you'd always had Vardy in the background, you know, and, and as we spoke about the other day, you know, one man. I know it just wasn't one man, but it felt as though it was. Every time wow. we'd win, you'd look on the on the stats or the scores. You know, you're getting beat 1-0 next minute, the 2-1 two, two up in 96 minutes, and Barney scored the both of them. So, you know... He should have he got sent off in that game, though, if I remember rightly. It was quite a nasty challenge he did. Did he, he yeah? Yeah, he should have gone red for it. So, look... look was a little, I remember there was a little bit of needle, but but when, you, when you're both fighting for for, for, for the league to, to get out of that division, then, then, then that's the way it should be. But, but I always remember we never played to our full max that game. Yeah, so, but be, who knows? Who knows? Listen, if we'd have won psychologically, you just don't know. I mean, the players that they had, I mean, dear God, they, they, I think they had three teams when I, when I looked at it, when I, when I first yeah. went there, you know. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, I mean, you talk about psychology. Does does winning away at Ebb's Fleet in a tough game and then coming on your phone and looking at Fleetwood have, have won at the death, does that actually, can that break a team? Yeah. Can that sort of go? You sort of all think, day. oh, yeah. yeah, all day long. Yeah. If yeah. you're, if you're, listen, you can only, you can only do what you do. You, you, you know, we, we could only, you know, win our games, and, and we were, you know, all right, we, we didn't win all of them, but we, we done our best. But, but like when you, when you, when you go through that role where you're winning and you're winning, and you, you think that's a tough game, and it, and you'd say that to them, you know, they're away, tough game away to them. And it was always, it always felt as though it was the, the away games that when when we always thought that's, that's a game where they could they could uh, they could scope yeah. it there, and that's and that's when you look at it you think two two and next minute he scored two in the, in the space of thinking three or four minutes to you know psychologically you go you know and then the next game and then you say the same thing but was Vardy scored yet or what you know what I mean so it it didn't yeah. it's in it's, it's in the lads' heads listen it is yeah it, it has to be yeah. yeah. And just another thing on that season, and I'm asking you because we might be in the same position again this season. So I just need to get like a player's sort of sort of view on it. 
when you come so close and then you have to do the playoffs, does that are you are you starting that playoff campaign at a disadvantage because you were so close, you didn't make it, your your mindset maybe isn't like you're the form team that's come in right at the end and you know yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like you... I, I, I actually don't think it's actually down to us. I, I actually think it's on the other teams. So the other teams will think that, right? So f- from our from our state of play when we were coming through, I mean, what what more can you do? You don't. You've 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 probably just got the most points that you've ever had, ninety eight points. But the winners won it on Was it hundred and three? Was it in the end or yeah, hundred and two? Yeah. So when you look on it like that, it's it's the teams that are actually coming in to play you. They'll be going, listen, these lads, these are just missed out by the skin of the teeth. So they'll have more of a, a way. Listen, it, it, it could go both ways. And, and you know what, what, what way it went for us. It was it was a tough one. It was hard, hard one to take. But, mm. yeah, it was, again, against yeah. really good teams at, at, the, at the level that we were playing at that time. What yeah. did you make of um, Moza as a, as a coach in your, in your time there? What was your experience of him? Moz was a great lad. He, he was one of the lads. He was one of the boys, as I say, uh, for me because I was one of the elder lads as well. I loved him. He was he was a great lad. It was, you know, it was it was more Billy that would have the you know the little bit of firmness about him, and you know, um, but Moz was Moz was one of the players. You know, for, for what he'd done for Wrexham, you know what I mean. You, you've got to take that into account. What what a player he was. What a man. And to have him around you as well and be be your manager as well. So it was brilliant. Really good fella. Good man. Good bloke. Yeah. Good player too. Really good player. Good lad. Yeah, cheers for that insight, Reese. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> um, just going ahead to the to the next season. I mean, you you know, you you've missed out, but you signed a two year deal, I think. And uh, so you you feel quite quite settled there. How did you sort of see that squad develop the next sort of pre-season? Because I think they brought in a bit of experience, the likes of Ormerod. Um, you know, could you... It's the sort of thing that when you come to pre-season, you see the, the lads and you know what you had last season. You think, yeah, we can we can have a real good go at this again. Yeah, listen, no matter what, it's, 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 it's how you... Listen, I've played in, in teams that... You can you can go through all your your games in in, in pre season and have a stinker, um, and I think we we had a couple of stinkers in in that if I remember right, um, and it didn't go well um, at the start of that, but it's it's how you started the season, you know what I mean? It, the pre season it, it's just getting your fitness, but 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 again, as I say, I think we brought Dave Artell in as well, uh, so a little bit more experienced and. Uh, players that have been in the leagues and and actually done it and worked hard and you know we we had a good we had a good blend we had a, we actually had a good blend of players. Yeah. There is one thing that we do in this podcast. It's called the fearless moment. It's the moment that filled you full of most pride playing for Wrexham. I just wonder if anything sort of jumps to mind. You know the one, don't you? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's like I planned it to, to lead into somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's listen. From playing all my entire life, from from being a, a, a scouser, from an Evertonian playing for Liverpool and growing up in Liverpool, it, in the eighties, it was just wanting to play at Wembley, and I never got the chance to play at Wembley for every club. I mean, you know. A really good season with Liverpool when we had to play at the at it down in South Wales oh, for a few years exactly. So uh, when Wembley was getting done, and then at the tender age of what was I thirty three, thirty five? It was thirty four when I actually lived out my dream for for Wrexham playing at Wembley, and then not yeah. just playing at Wembley, playing twice in the space of two months. So that's why I. I hold Wrexham in such high regard, and, and it, you know it is, is it is still in my heart for, for for doing that because because I did and, and I played at Wembley and that was it was an amazing feat to do. Yeah, so there's that was my fearless moment. <laughs> Lads, if you were, want to come in, 
At what just in, in terms of the the trophy, Steve? I mean, at what point did you think? I mean, as a player, when, when like you said, when you've reached, you, you've achieved what you've achieved, you've reached the sort of point of your game, of thinking, right, I've got a really good opportunity to to get to Wembley. At what point do you think I, I, we can't we can't let this slip now? Because it was, I think it was Gainsborough, wasn't it, over the two legs in, in, in the semi final? Was it? Did it add to the pressure, or did you thrive on it in terms of that that entire squad? Because for me, it just seemed to be a very good. wasn't just the skill that was in the team. It was the morale, obviously the crazy kind of spirit that dragged people through as well. We, well, as I say, you, you know, you know the, the team that we had out on that day. It was a blend of experience as well, and I think you've seen that in the, the what was it, games, but and who's the one before that one? I always think who's the game before game? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Was it Southport? Was it? Was it Southport? I thought we had a bit of a stinker against Southport, but. We done. We got through it, and you know when you get through that one, you think, "All right, listen, this is this is where it is." Because listen, you you know, like the main reason for Wrexham is to go without, you know what I mean? Go and play, go go and get out of this league. And sometimes the 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 cup competitions can get in the way, which years years ahead, further in advance, as as Wrexham will will see or user know all about. It has done, but. When you know that you've got the chance and that opportunity, you think to yourself, it's a chance to go and play at Wembley, boys, and go and win a medal. No matter what in your entire life, wherever you play, if you can go and win a medal at the high, at one of the biggest, the, the, you know, the, the statue of the stadium in, in England, the, why not? You put yourself down in folklore, well, we, we did for, for Wrexham, what was it, 140-odd years or something it was? It was 149 years, or was it? That we'd ever something like that. I always remember that that no, that was no. coming into me. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember. But you'll have to sort that out. You'll have to try and see what what that was. <laughs> why that was in my head. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a. You know what I mean. It, it just breeds confidence. Winning medals breed confidence in, in in the group, the players. You know, as I say, we had we had a blend. As 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 I said before, it was you know. Couple of the elder statesmen and, and then young players coming through as well. That only bodes well for those younger players, you know, having that knowledge to to, to play with the experienced boys and winning cups and you know to 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 push on with Wrexham. Yeah. Plus, you get to go out on the source afterwards, and we we've heard some legendary stories about the <laughs> celebrations that day. Some of them oh, off the record. Was uh, was Glenn Little in a trolley? It wasn't a trolley. It was Kitty's uh, son's um, pram. <laughs> Yeah. What? His son's pram it was. How tiny must that pram have been? Well, you, well, I think his kid was bigger than Keatsy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. It didn't take uh, Blakey too long to get drunk anyway. So he was. I remember him in that. I remember Jay Harris as well swinging one of Keatsy's youngers youngins round on the dance floor, and that I just thought, oh no, it's going to be carnage. Um, yeah, so it was a it was a good night, very good night. And then I remember I remember being the last up, Rich Watkin and Pete Jones. We were in we were in the last one. I remember hoovering up, cleaning up for Rich. So next minute he goes, ah, it's snowing again. Well, you only know what the snow was like anyway before and going in the yeah. last couple of days. So started, he said, ah, you should see the blizzards out here. So anyway, come outside, and he goes, ah, have a little whiskey, get get yourself to bed. So we had a little whiskey and then gone to see the snows and, and one of them threw a snowball at me and it hit me, didn't half hit me in the logo. <laughs> and it, it hit. So I lost my head and locked the door. I don't know how they got back in and then went to the room. And I always remember <laughs> about half an hour later, the lady at reception knocking me up because my son was, well, my missus was pregnant with me, me, uh, me third son at that time. So he was born the day after. No way. Amazing. Wow. So, but I had to get all the way back from Holt Lodge, all the way back over to one of this where, where, I, was, uh, where I was living at the time. Do you know who it was who lobbed the snowball? It was, it was one of them two, Pete Jones or the, um, <laughs> Rich, Rich Watkins. He's our sponsor, so we'll have to have a word with Rich, won't we? We'll have to uh, it was tell him off Pete on Jones. your behalf. He's definitely he'll, Pete he'll Jones. The story. It was me and him, me and, him and Pete were up till the end, and I always remember. Uh, I said, listen, oh yeah, come on then. Last one for the rose. 
I think we're all six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I've just I've just screen recorded that entire conversation. I'll send that to Rich and I'll see what he says and we'll let you know. Yeah. We'll see if he's a dirty party or not. He's yeah. gonna blame Pete. Of course he is. Of course he is. <laughs> can you can Pete aim, do you reckon? I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know why he said it was just because we were, we were just still drinking in the bar and the next minute he said oh get out get onto this it was another blizzard that we we, we had which put another <laughs> three or four inches on what we'd already had yeah Stephen just why? sort of looking I, I know you sort of mentioned Wembley once but then we you, you have sort of said that we did have a, a another visit and it was a bit it was a bit it wasn't as happy as this one. Can you sort of put your finger on what went wrong that day, or was it just Christian Jolly? Centre forward. Yeah. <laughs> centre forward that scored for them should have been the centre forward that we should have bought. Mm. Simple as. But listen, <laughs> go away from all. I thought we were the bit, we were the, we were the dominant team until they changed their formation. Um, I always remember it on the sides. Um, it was just an ember, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, at the time, God bless the soul. And as I say, that was um, yeah. He, uh, I always remember them going to a five. The lad I was up against, um, what's his name? Sandal was it? He was playing left midfield, but they dropped. He took one off, but they played him right. the left left wing back. But he never played left. He was they were they were they were stuck in as a five. And I always I got closer to I got close to him in the game, but then once they went to a five. I had no one really to mark because then they then they had like a bit of a two up front where they went actually went two up top, not right. like one and one. And I always remember the ball getting flown over my head, and I thought, if that's Dave in a foot race with Jolly, I just thought, oh no, you know what I mean? I just turn around, touch back of the net, and it was a tough, tough, tough one to take that. But I I thought we were really dominant in the game. I thought, yeah. listen, we should have should have took our chances. If we took our chances, then who'd have known? Who'd have known? But, mm. yeah, tough one to take, that one, especially with the joyous, you know, couple of weeks before, well, two months before, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, am I right in thinking there was another game that season which which lives quite quite famously in, in a lot of <laughs> reference, uh, fans' uh, minds? Um, I was I was at the game. I, I was I was looking at the footage um, a couple of days ago. Bloody hell! What a, what what a sucker that was. So we had Dean Keats on, and he sort of talked extensively about this. Sort of said that David was really getting his goat even before the match had kicked off. Just sort of wouldn't come out the dressing room. Was yeah. holding everyone up. Didn't he say that he wanted all the Barnet players to call him Sir, and he had to take Mister Mister? I think it was, was Mister David. Yeah. Mr. Yeah, he had the number 10 shirt. Yeah. yeah, we heard a load of stories. Well, he didn't play any away games past the certain like coming up north, did he? No, I always remember that one as well. Um, yeah, he was a bit of abuse. Listen, before and they had a lot of respect for him, but after that game, um, everything went all out of proportion, yeah. yeah. So I just I even look at it myself and I, I, I'm flabbergasted how, how I, I actually got sent off. No, I was thinking that as well. I mean, yeah. what was he like on the pitch before that incident? Had he been winding the players up? Was the blood boiling because of that? Or was it just because we, we were behind and we needed to get back in it? Yeah, that, that, I mean, he wasn't that sort of player. I mean, he played centre-half. I mean, he was he, he was a dwarf playing centre-half. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what, we, didn't, we didn't really worry about that side of it because he couldn't really influence the game. He was... He was Pastor's probably best at the time. It was just his attitude. His attitude stunk, you know what I mean? Beforehand, you know, coming in, I know Mozza was like, he didn't shake hands or anything like that, or he didn't, I, I don't know. It was disrespectful, all the things that he was trying to do. I just don't know why, why, you know. Yeah, just for, for, for any reason other than being, a, being an arsehole. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is my my um, my mates. I dragged loads of my uni mates along to that game, and it's gone down in folklore for us, obviously, because <laughs> like they still talk about that game because it was the most crazy ten minutes of football I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Because not long after that, we had that 
bonkers lunge from Johnny Hunt, which remains one of the Johnny Hunt, I've never put a tackle in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best tackles I've ever seen. I think he was halfway up his thigh. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I cannot remember uh, getting put on the floor until, really? uh, until so after quick. the, until so after quick. the game. Yeah. Um, when I was on the game on the way home, uh, it got shown. Um, and I can't remember that. So I I got knocked out, but not even known. All I can remember was turning round and Jay Harris going, have you seen your lip? And I went, looked at him like that. I went, kidding? He went, no, just... And then started bleeding. I, I, I tasted all the blood. And I, I could just feel like a little rip in me, in me, in me, in me, in me side of my me, uh, me, me side of my lip there. Um, and then look, like, Jay said, like, your eyes were in the back of your head. The referee said, like, I, I can't even remember the referee sending me off. I remember Did you give you an more... explanation for that, ever? Um, no, no, I don't think it is. There no. isn't one, is there? <laughs> well, what can you do? And I, I was being flawed. I was, you know what I mean? I, 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 the physio at the time was Christos, and I always remember on the way off saying, you're getting it when you get in there. So when I was in the tunnel, so I'm thinking, Christos, you're going to have to back me up. And Christos was smaller than Keatsy at the time, I think. <laughs> so I'm like, you've got to go, you, listen, if it goes off, we're in here. So got into the tunnel and I took my boots off and I was about to whack them over the head. And their doctor, their doctor grabbed hold of my arm. I'm like, oh, they recommend that. <laughs> so the doctor was good six and a half foot. So I said, listen, no. Told Christoph, said, get him in there. And I think it was the one of the very first original ones where he said uh, they, they put the the cameras in the... the, the yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I remember just going, sitting in the dressing room, and I just heard loads of shenanigans again. Wow, I was screaming and everything going. The next minute, Johnny Hunt walked through the door. I <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Didn't even know he'd gone on. Didn't even know at the time he'd gone on. So until like later on, I'm still I'm still like uh ducked what's the little babies around my head. Um <laughs> until after that that I'd seen actually what he'd done. <laughs> he did say to me, I think he did say he said that I got sent off, but I, I, I don't know. Can you can you remember what, what words you exchanged when, when that melee first happened and you've gone in before he's clocked you one? Can you no, remember? What we'll, only we if you can remember as well that game, they started uh, taking the time for the first fight. They scored early on, didn't they? Yeah. I remember yeah. them scoring early on and they were taking the time with everything from like the first, I think it was 10, 11 minutes, I think it was, they scored. And after that, they took the time with everything. They were, they were, they were slowing the game down, stopping everything. And that's why. And then the Moz was like, second half, you know what I mean? Get the ball as fast as possible. Listen, I've run from the halfway line. I think that's what the referee said. He said, I didn't like you running from the halfway line. I went, <laughs> he went, you, you were in an aggressive moment. I said, how, you, how can I run? I'm looking at an aggressive moment. But that's, that was his explanation of, of what he thought that, that I was going to do. you reckon it was because it was Davids? Do you reckon you just sort of thought, you know, you've got a big name player here? Um I don't know, protecting him, but just sort of maybe that influenced his mind that you can't go near a player like that? Well, I don't know because it happened that quick, even on, on the TV, you know what I mean? So it, for him to see or the, the, the linesman at the time to see how quick or what he'd done, I don't know because if if they've seen me go down, what what have I actually done? If I've tried to get the ball, I've, I remember I remember trying to get the ball and then me and then looking away and then next minute, I'm I'm, I'm looking at Jay Harris. I can't remember that initial bang on the floor and getting straight back up. So I didn't know what happened. So until I seen an after and slowed down in slow motion, you know he's he's give the elbow in there. And, Listen, I found out obviously afterwards that he was he was a black belt in all whatever he was, and yeah. I was going to say, what would you do if you saw him now? But now you know he's a black. Oh belt. yeah, I'd have to take one of my mates with me. <laughs> I think Massey's already sorted him out, hasn't he? Who? <laughs> Massey sorted him out the other yeah. week. I know, yeah, but exactly. But yeah, it was. <laughs> I think remember him. Um, 
Dave Artell tweeting on on the way back. Oh, um, that went viral. Yeah, yeah, so he um, he put it on. And I think it was Robbie Fowler and David James. I think David James was was a part of the BT. He was doing yeah. it, wasn't he? Or he was at the time. Yeah, I think Mad Dog was doing the actual. Him and Kreitz were doing the. I think the actual BT mm. uh, initially. Um, and then that was it. But yeah, I, I always remember it. Like a, I think it was a year later. I think they, they played in the world, whatever they, in England. You know the where they have it. I think uh, Redknapp texted me and said, "Do you want me to go through?" I said, uh, "You mate, <laughs> I went go ahead." So Cara played in it as well. So I said, "Yeah, whatever you can, whatever you can do." Yeah. But was said, that like the soccer? Soccer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I was at that game. I was actually at that game. You see them having a go with each other. Yeah, yeah. A few players went through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think oh, David so James was a part of it as well. So the three of them all tried to have a little, yeah. So well, you got some loyal mates then, because that's uh, if if, if, if they go. all try to go with him. <laughs> Scouts Mafia goes hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm guessing, judging by what we've talked about his character, that there was no apology forthcoming after that match or any any words exchanged with him. Not, not whatsoever. Not whatsoever. Yeah. Well, Edgar, if you're listening, we don't like you, mate. Yes, also, <laughs> Mr. David's piss off. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, what a time to be alive that was. I, I, yeah, I, I must confess that I was, I was in control of the, uh, the Wrexham Twitter account at the time, and it was televised. Obviously, I had made it down, and um, from my seat in the pub, <laughs> um, I thought the Johnny Hutt tackle looked fair, so I tweeted, <laughs> <laughs> "It's a pretty fair tackle." And this is from an official account, so I just had like dogs abuse from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I called that one wrong. Looking at the replay. yeah, he, I mean Johnny yeah. was Johnny. I don't think he even tackled ever. I never ever saw Johnny tackle ever. And then to see him do that, like he, he, listen, he's he's caught him eye, and whether it's you know just coming on and the, the pace of the game and trying to get involved and yeah he just uh, watching his watching his face uh, if you watch the highlights of that one of my favourite things about it is is his face after he's made the tackle like he can't believe yeah. he's been sent off and then they show the replay and his st- studs are halfway up his thigh oh, I, I love it so much yeah. well he did show I think he the, the kid showed him the gash on his front of his his it was near his knee I think it was quite yeah it was uh, not good yeah. Do you have to have any work done on your your lip after that instant? Yeah, well, I had to go to I had six or seven stitches, so I ended up waiting. I wasn't going to wait down there, so I ended up waiting to come back and went to the miler. So, um, waited there for a few hours. But we had a we had. I remember having a good doctor here. Um, I can't think of his name. Really good fella. Uh, I ended up getting him, and he just he just sorted us out really. Yeah couple of days uh, concussion I think I had as well so yeah but, but as I say I had the uh, couple of couple of big cards wasn't I so I was out for a couple of games I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed that red card didn't get rescinded I also I, I didn't know how close you came to, to adding him with a boot to be honest that would have been some, <laughs> some after story fair play oh no but I, the, 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 actual, the doctor actually got me out of the shape there, to be honest with you. But, but yeah. I'm still, I think I'm still concussed. I, I, I don't know, you know what I mean? I always remember uh, Christoph saying, you had, you got your boots off soon, you went to leather, and the doctor grabbed all of my arm and just pushed me into the, the dressing room. So, um, yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of moving ahead now and sort of like looking back towards your, your last season, I'm... There was a big drop off that that next season, and obviously we've had Mozer on, and he's a nice fella, and he doesn't particularly want to come out and say it, but you sort of get the feeling that he he probably wasn't supported enough that season to keep that to keep the level that you you're on. Is that is that something you you agree with? All day long, I think quite a few thought that way. Um, I thought we we wasn't far away. I just think one or two more additions to that. That group of players, um, and give it another go. Um, I think we, we we might have had a chance. Might have had a chance. I think obviously after that year it started breaking up and Westy started and then it, then it went on again and we didn't do too well. 
So yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, for me it wasn't. Yeah, I, I thought the club could have done more for, for you know, for just, just, you know, just it was close to what we got, and especially how it happened as well. Who we got knocked out by, and the player that we should have, or we, should, you know, we 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 had the chance to buy. Yeah, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a blow. Yeah, yeah. I just thought they could have they could have learned from that. Yeah. So could you could you see the end coming for for Mozza as like an experienced pro? Do you got did you sort of um, say to yourself it won't be long here? You, listen, you don't you don't you don't want to think it. You know what I mean? It, it, listen, he's a good guy and. Listen, it, it's down to the club, and I, listen. Since I've been here, and since I've been around Wrexham, I've always thought the people that actually do well at this football club are the people that know it and, and have been in and around it and have, have played for the club. And, I, and I've always said that, you know, they actually get the people, they actually get, you know, what what it needs, what it takes to to do well, and you know, yeah. So, yeah, it's so fun for them to take, but. Listen, he knows that that's the sort of business that you're in if, you, if, you, if you're going to be a coach or a manager, yeah. What about the fella who replaced him? Um, <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> the modern <laughs> dog, is that? Well, we weren't going to delve into it until that reaction, and now I think we should. I mean, there's two... There's. I was going to say there's two camps on this podcast. I'm not actually sure there is two camps, to be honest. Um, I, think, I think a lot of the experienced pros... Didn't get on with Kevin. Found him a very nice fella, oh. but but maybe some of his methods bemused him a little bit. I'm, I'm just speaking personally. This I can understand like a guy coming from Brackley. Oh, well, sorry, he wasn't Brackley. It was Nuneaton, wasn't it? You know, lower and maybe having some sort of different, maybe less professional. I don't know ways to to coach and manage a team. But Kevin yeah. Wilkin was a was a professional player. I mean, it's not like he'd spent all his career in in the in the Ryman's League or anything, is it? You know, I, I couldn't really understand how he couldn't translate that to. to I don't know. Professional. I, I, I actually, from the minute he came in, I, I remember him being at one of the games or something. I think I played left side and centre half, and I always remember him pulling us up on something. I was like, yeah, I was a bit amused by it. Um, and then when he actually came in. And we were we were training. It was like it was almost like he had a vindication on the, the elder statesman, myself, Dave Artel, uh, Brett. It was we we were doing runs that I I looked at him and went, "Listen, I'll run through that brick wall for you, but if you want me to run doing what you want on a day to day basis, this this was that mentality of say a, a Wesley. If you're trying to break me, why are you trying to break me?" I said, I already respect you. I'll run through that brick wall for you if you ask me to. But if you want to ask me to do that through the week and then ask me to play on a Saturday and a Tuesday, my body's not going to do it. And that was that was a sort of reaction that he got from every one of us. And we knew then, we knew from that day, yeah, that we, you know, we we were null and void, and you know, we we weren't going to be there very long. In a, on a practical level, is that like he's trying to do what he would usually do in a part-time, two or three training sessions a week, and doing it full-time, five days a week, basically? Quite possibly. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'd been too much for him. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I remember, I remember. Um, obviously, he wanted to bring Kitty as his assistant. Uh, sorry, the club wanted to. I remember Barry and Don saying that, but... Um, he didn't want to, he wanted to bring his own person in. Um, so that tells you again, you know, as well. So, yeah. Strange. What was his um, assistant Gary Mills like? Because I know we, I'm pretty sure we've spoken to one or two players who said that they didn't mind Wilkin as such, but they didn't particularly get on with um, Gary Mills. This obviously being the, not the uh, the manager Gary Mills went on to yeah, take yeah. yeah, he was, I don't know. Don't know what to say from me. He was he was basically a yes man for me. Yes man for me. Yeah, you know you do what I say and I do what I you say. It was yeah. It was it was a weird. It was a strange one because we all we all got told that obviously Keaty was taking that that role, but yeah, never. I think could see the last. Neil Ashton was a bit 
bemused as well by um what was he did to the the tactics room did he put a table tennis table in there or something seemed to remember a couple of players being a bit bemused by that as well <laughs> yeah it was that was his new role wasn't it never wasn't the manager of Rex. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was a good player on the table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you ever play against him? Oh, uh, don't like <laughs> table tennis. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of quick fire questions about your time at Wrexham. Whatever comes into your head first. Uh, who was the most skillful? Glenn Little. Right, yeah. Who is the worst dressed? <laughs> Glenn Little, Davy Artell, or Brett Overrod. Any one okay. of them three. <laughs> right, okay. School who teachers. Most... Yeah. Now, Brett says that he was perfectly dressed and it was all you who were. Who were maybe, maybe that's why um, Kev Wilkin got rid of you. He was, uh, yeah, his taste in clothes was better than yours. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Um, who was the most? Hey, I was all right. No, I, I wasn't on the M3 level, by the way. <laughs> who was the most underrated player? Ooh. Ashy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Who was the biggest moaner? Ashy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he wins it. He wins it. Any time. I, mean, I, I was a mo- I was a moaner, but I've never seen anything like him. Yeah. Right. And finally, taking David out of the equation, which player would you least like to fight? Westy, Dave Artell, Kreitz. Mm. Either one of them three. Westy was Westy was a tough lad. Well, I know I knew Westy by coming through the, the league and stuff like that. He was a, I always heard he was a tough lad. Dave as well. And then obviously Kreitz is because he's just a unit in the head bricks and all that. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about what you're up to now and, and what you did post-Wrexham. So post-Wrexham was obviously to and fro with the club, um, with, with the Northern Dog. Um, ended up training there for, for quite a bit. Uh, that's the one thing that, as I say, I spoke to Barry Hall and, and Dom and asked them obviously couldn't stay and train. And then next minute it was, I think, Ballow were on the phone uh, to try and get a deal done with uh, Colin Caton and then didn't materialise and then Aberystwyth basically went, yeah, come down. So ended up going down there till the end of this, I think it was a year. Played for them. Um, and then he thought he was Jose Mourinho and then uh, things went west. And then I think I came back to, to Rill, then Denbyshire. So by that time, Keatsy was, was just about taking a role at the football club. Um, and we were both we both went to university, which I don't know how I done that. I don't know how I got through that. <laughs> so you, did you both do the Glindor? Um, it was yeah. Oh, you, right, you both did that. I know Keith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you involved yeah. with the team there? I wasn't involved in the team, but but Jonah asked me to do it, and and I, and I actually said I said yeah. I, I I listen. I I I was never an educated lad. I, well, I'm not not educated. I'm, I, I knew what I wanted when I was coming through Liverpool. I, you know, my I had the sole, you know, goal to, to become a footballer, and I didn't take to to school. Um, not that I never, no, I came away with not, and I came probably away with a distinction in geography, but that was about it. Um, and then that was it. It was I, I, I see the way football was going. Um, so. You don't just need your badges; you need something else. And, and, and I like obviously then the analysis side, the sports science side, the psychology side. So I ended up doing it. Uh, learned a lot about myself. Uh, I was dyslexic; didn't know that. Um, yeah, so it, it it helped massively for me. It it was yeah. a really big help. Um, yeah, it, it was brilliant. And then obviously, PT the said like it uh, what you know Joey Jones needs help because he's bringing Andy Davis in to, to be his assistant. So that was basically the start of it. 
you know, as I say, as I spoke about before, for for, for the main man Joey Jones, which yeah. is an idol of mine and a, a great mentor coming through, and what a man, what a what a person. Yeah. Give us the Joey memory, Steve. You must have plenty of memories of Joey. Is any uh, any oh, conversation yeah. together? What, what I can say on on, on this? <laughs> now the ones that he he always I, I always remember him saying. He always said to me, he said, when you're coaching stuff like that, he goes, oh, shite all this. He said, all this, all, all don't, don't be, don't be a robot. He said, no, he said, I'm not one of them. He said, I know, I know you're not, but don't be one of them. And he always said, listen, don't, don't, uh, what was the one that he said? He said, don't, don't train with them. And the first thing he done was put me in one of the training sessions. And this was at Lex, when we were training at Lex. So, and then we're, then we're coming down, and it was it was one of the uh, it was it was it was the time when the kids could come in. So the first and second year, so the scholars were already in. So it was the kids that were you know the sixteen year olds coming up to the seven. So it was the first year scholars. It was round about like say you know when they they have the two weeks off school, you can come in. So we'd put a session on, and it was you'd have to have a touch in the first half, in in your half. Before you that you can score in the little mini goals, and it was two v two. So I was paid because one of the, the younger lads went off injured. So we went righty, go on, you go in there. And I looked at him and went, sure. I went, I'll go. So next minute I'm training with the youngsters and this young kid, sixteen year old, he took a really good touch. He was on a boggy pitch, as you know, on Lex. And his next touch, he was going to put it in the goal. Now. He knew me and I knew him. I'm thinking, I'm still a footballer. I'm still a professional footballer here. I'm not letting him score that goal. So I've got my foot right the way down. And, and Johnny won. I bit him right the way down his shin, caught all his shin, his boot, and gashed all his ankle. This is a young 16-year-old kid at this time. And I felt horrible. And I, and I said to that day, I'm not going to go in. And that was the end of it. So we, it was a learning point. It was a good learning point, but a bad one at the same time. I, I felt horrible. I was, I was saying to the parents, and oh, is, is he all right? I was on the phone to them all week. Is he okay? Is he all right? Yeah. So he didn't play for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Never been the same since. I heard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, there's a few few players like that over in my career. <laughs> he wasn't the first. <laughs> Take yeah. us through, uh, take us through, so I know you helped out the Wrexham youth team, I know you took an age group, do you still have an age group, or is it, do you sort of just come in and help now? I just, I just come in and help now, yeah, listen, I, I, as I said to you before, listen, I hold Wrexham at, at a really high place in my heart, and listen, my son's there, my son's a first year scholar at this moment as well, Right. Um, Daniel, so he's doing well with the, the academy there, so yeah, so it, listen, if Dan Nolan needs help or anything like that or if we can get games that's the link between Liverpool and ourselves with, with, with obviously uh, Liverpool and Wrexham so we get them games as well so and we may be taking a couple of players off them as well one or two which you know we have um, so so bit of a decent little link there with us yeah cool and what do you do at Liverpool now uh, I am now. I'm a. I, I coach like the development group it's classed as an ACC, so we give them a technical centre. So it's classed. So say you're going to go into our main group. So it's a categorised. So this is where we want to be as as our academy. So we'll be categorised, say one, two, or three. So Liverpool categorised one. So if you're you're a scout. So we try scouts as well between nines and thirteens. You're bringing a boy in instead of just throwing him straight into. The, the dogs and all everything else in there it's it's a case of giving him that technical side of, of, of how we do it before he may go into the into the main groups in, right. in that sort of age so I, I coached that that as well with, with myself and John Ruby who's a former player there as well so yeah so it's really good enjoy it enjoy the, the living daylight out of it I'll actually love it um, so yeah mm. Yeah. Last thing from me, just what you were sort of seeing coming through from Wrexham. Did you see the likes of Max Cleworth when he was coming through? Yeah, I saw Max. Um, we should have signed him, Liverpool. Uh, yeah. We had a game. 
Yeah, we had we had a we had a game um, just before COVID um, under eighteen. So Barry Lucas at the time uh, was asking how he was and things like that. Um, and we 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 win last five minutes. And they equalised, and then they asked about him, um, and and because of COVID, it didn't really materialise. Yeah. So. <laughs> It was a bit of a bummer because he's a really good kid. He did, he did, he did been a, as I say, I, I know some of the players that they're at the same age as him, and, and he'd have been a decent little player for a little bit of the time. But listen, Wrexham have reaped the rewards, and he's an asset to the football club. Which yeah. I actually think for this this academy that 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 that's there's some really good players there. You just need to see that pathway. As I say, yeah. young Kai Evans coming through as well. Yeah, so. And, and that's all there is. Listen, Rexall have had loads of players through, but, but you know, the last couple of years has has been a tough, tough place. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's been hard for them. But the all they need to see is that pathway. Yeah. I know Liam wants to end with one of the favourite subjects that Liam likes to talk about. Yeah, it's no secret to anyone who listens to this podcast that I'm a big uh, Glenn Little fan. So I'm just wondering, what was the man himself like in the dressing room? Are there any anecdotes you can think of involving him? He just talked constantly, and like from morning to noon. And I think he was, listen, Blake, brilliant. I loved, loved him. I remember playing against him for Bailey. He was, I, know, I remember Megan me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just him. He was just one of those freakish sort of people. He just, I don't know what it was. I mean... I think they had another player like exactly like him. As soon as he got on, on that, that bus, you heard him from the minute you got on to, to the minute you got off. You like telling the story about, was it Ronaldinho or someone like that that he married? I can't remember. <laughs> he had, he had arms. The man had loads. Of, he, he just tell, you could hear him in the background. And he go, tell that story again to the lads. You know whoever you tell that story again. But that was it. He, he was he was brilliant for the for, for the younger kids and the the younger lads. You know what I mean? He thought I think he actually thought he was a lot younger than what he was. But <laughs> anymore, like, but now he wasn't. He Blake, he was brilliant. He you know as I say when I came and he was he was quality, great lad and, and a, a really good player for Wrexham. I mean that era was quite full of characters when you look back at it. Um, you know, like Sir Jay Harris. Yeah, they were a good group, a really good group of, of, of players that should have probably, you know, when you look back at it, should have, should have went up at Wrexham. Now, yeah. here we are, how many years, or what is it, 14 years, is it now? Still saying <laughs> the exact us. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is, and, you know, that it's that holy grail, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's trying to get it. What do you think of this year? I'll ask, I'll ask you boys Ooh. this question. What do you think of this year? I think oh, we're all scared that it's going to be like Fleetwood again. <laughs> Judging surely, by the way it's gone so far. No, surely we're Fleetwood this year, though. Come on, we've got to be. I actually, from, from the day I left the club, I, I'd probably go to say this is my most... Confident year, and I've, I've listened. I, I've, I've been to a lot of the games this year, which I've been fortunate to, to do, which I don't usually do. But um, I've actually seen them with a different bite to them. You know, obviously with, with me, my son being there and, and going to watch some of the training sessions from last year, the couple of years before with Keaty and things like that. I, I actually think they've got the the bit between the teeth this year. Um, so put me uh, my feet, you know. Family in there. I actually, I actually think we we'll do it this year. I really do. Well, I, so. <laughs> no, I know you lads are all you thinking. Of, see, see, that's that's proper fans just thinking about all what has gone on be- before. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah. A, you know, come on, we are, we, we are going to win this. We're going to do it. We're a cynical bunch. <laughs> yeah, well, it's taking a long time to do. <laughs> but no, I, in all seriousness, yeah, I think you're right. And I, actually, Andy was on a different podcast yesterday talking about this. That if you do want to look back then, you know, we are kind of the Fleetwood in that we've got more depth to us than Notts County have. Um, you know, we didn't have that depth in 2011, 2012. We do now. And yeah, we, 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 
I'm sure, I just don't want to jinx it. We should win the league oh, this, this is, year. Well, yeah, no, you're right, Reese. We cannot, we cannot, as Wrexham fans, right. say out loud we're going to go up. Like I was on a podcast yesterday, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. And like, why, everyone, why not? Have positive everyone... thoughts. That positive thoughts might might come a lot easier to say than oh, I'm going to jinx it. No, I'm not part of it. I'm jinx Even it. if I'm positive and they don't do it, it will crush me. And I've been crushed. Yeah, but you still got to be positive because then maybe the next year that it might be three. <laughs> three come up. Steve, Steve, out. positive thoughts are only there to be repressed. Okay, you keep them inside. Well, it's a healthy British why, thing to do. This is why user fans. That's what it is. <laughs> and this is what I always say about you fans. I've, I've, I've positive thoughts. Just, yeah, we are going to do it. And if it doesn't, then you go and have a drink and fucking drown your sorrows, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, there we are. What a way to end the podcast, I think. Thank you so much for your time, top man. What a problem. Cheers, thank, thank you very much, boys. Yes, thanks for that. Cheers, man. Thank you so much.